Hello, everybody. This is Pastor Joe of Word of Prayer Cultural Center in Largo, Maryland. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. It is my prayer that you are both blessed and enriched by what you hear. Feel free to share with friends and family, and also feel free to follow us on our social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram. Our social media handle is at Wopsy, W-O-P-C-C. Visit us online at wopsy.church. God bless and happy listening. Somebody say duplicate. Duplicate, a series on what, y'all? Yep, that's right. Duplicate, a series on discipleship. And so we're journeying. You know, we've been laying that foundation. We've been getting some things in order before we actually get into the function of what discipleship is. Um, But God has been blessing us through the laying of the foundation. And so today we have arrived at part three. And we're going to go ahead, we're going to have a quick recap, and then we're going to move to what God has for us today. And so um, it's always my prayer that you're taking notes and that you're, you know, writing down uh, things that you could go back to. I'm going to give you a homework assignment at the end. And so um, make sure, you know, that you're writing stuff down. And we don't want to just leave this here today, but this is perfect because anybody ever you know, desire to study the scripture or something throughout the week and you don't know where to go, well, you can go back to your notes and dig deeper on some of the scriptures that are given in the sermon. So make sure you're taking notes and uh, make sure you're following along because we don't do this church thing just to say we've done it, but we actually are in it to learn something, to apply something, and ultimately to be able to change our lives and help change somebody else's. And so uh, one of the things that we initially talked about is that you will not become successful at doing until you have become successful at being. Y'all remember that? We went on to talk about the word likeness. And so you should have Genesis 1, 26 through 27. And we looked at it in the New King James Version um, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, we took a look at the fact that we are trichotomous and we are a spirit. We possess a what, y'all? A soul. And we live in a what? In a body. All right. And so um, you've got to command your body to do some soul work so that your spirit looks like God's. And so we even endeavor to say, you know what? We're not going to alter who we are. Uh, and, and and not look like who we've come from, not what we've come from, but who we've come from. And so we are saying no to cosmetic Christianity. Y'all remember that? If any of this is new to you, this means that you need to go ahead and watch or listen to part one. Amen. Genesis 5 and 3, we looked at that in the message paraphrase of it. And we saw there that that word Um, In addition to likeness and in addition to image, there was a new word introduced called spirit. And so that illuminated the fact that when it comes to this word likeness, remember, we were created in the likeness of God. This word is not just used in terms of having the same image, but it's used in terms of having the same spirit. Somebody say same spirit. 
And so, discipleship, we dispelled the myth that it's not trying to get you to look like me or talk like me or pray like me or preach like me or anything like that. But we are trying to make sure, and I am trying to make sure, that the both of us can say that we have a spirit, no matter what we have on, no matter, you know, how we talk, no no matter any of that, that we have the same spirit as the one, the true, and the living God. We operate in the same spirit. And so uh, what spirit is that? Well, we said a loving spirit. It's a spirit that is filled with joy. It's a peaceful spirit. It is a patient spirit. It's a kind spirit. It's a good spirit. It's a faithful spirit, and it's even a gentle spirit. It's a spirit of self-control, Galatians 5. And so we looked at the word discipleship, and we saw that if you look back at the original definition of that word and you break things down, that that word comes from the same word as the word that we are using this year as a theme, which is discipline, right? And so those words are are connected. We took a look at the Great Commission, which every believer should be familiar with, and that was in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. And we looked at that in the Amplified, and there was a word that resonated with us called perpetually. Y'all remember that? We also talked about the fact that it's not the task, it's the it's the tools, that's right. It's not the task, it's the tools, okay? Speaking of tools for the task, was anybody able to join us on Wednesday for that evangelistic workshop? Come on, let's give a hand to Dr. Devin and Dr. Evangelist Angela. That thing was phenomenal. And listen, if you missed it, then go ahead and you, you got some extra homework because I haven't even given you your homework yet. But if you miss that, you got extra homework because you got to watch that. Just scroll, scroll on down and you'll see on Wednesday we made it live and we made it public because remember what God is doing here at Wapsi in this season, we've realized that it's not for Wapsi. It's for kingdom, the kingdom at large. What he's speaking to us, the tools that he's given us right now, these are not Wapsi tools. These are not mercantile lane tools, all right? Listen, these are kingdom tools. And so share it. Share it with kingdom. People need to know the information that was given on Wednesday. And it was so good. And make sure that you are either here or tuned in on next Wednesday because there are some more tools coming for this task. Amen? Amen. And we know that the task of evangelism is heavily tied to the task of discipleship. All right? And we'll talk about that a little more and the differences between the two. A lot of times, you know, they get confused. They are, you know, different, but they're in there together. One is no good without the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might as well not evangelize if you're not going to disciple. And you can't disciple if you're not going to evangelize. And so that's one of the reasons, too, that at the end of service, we not only invite you to Christ and to get to know and to be saved by Christ, but we invite you to this branch of Zion because 
it's not just enough for us to make sure that you're saved and leave you out there alone, but we have to offer for you to get to know how to do this thing, to, to have somebody to walk beside you, to come and get in training. You don't hire somebody for a job and not offer them training. Some people do, but they shouldn't listen. But listen, you have to, you have to know that it's not enough to catch them. You got to keep them. Yep. You got to keep them. It's not enough to catch them, but you have to have strategy in place to keep them. All right. And so evangelism and discipleship go hand in hand. Um, this month, we're going to be getting tools for the task. Some tasks we have been historically afraid of or intimidated by. But if you were here Wednesday or if you watch, you'll see that maybe you were intimidated because you had some preconceived notions that may be dispelled through the course of the evangelistic workshop, okay? And so the conclusion that we came to was that a lot of the times we're only intimidated by the task because we do not have the tools, all right? Remember, this revelation all initiated for me in the kitchen, and I was trying to cut something and I remember struggling to cut it before. And so I wasn't, you know, I wasn't excited about cutting this thing. But then I started to look up what type of knife I needed. I went and I got that knife. And next thing you know, the task that was difficult became easy. And so I realized that it's not cutting this. It's what I'm using to cut it. And then I tried to clean something. And I was cleaning it. And it was hard to clean. But then I went and I got something uh, that had some bristles on it. You know, I got something uh, that was able to get that thing like I needed to get that thing. And then next thing you know, what was giving me difficulty was now easy. And so I believe that you have even got to mentally allow yourself to undergo a transformation because some stuff that you thought to be difficult before, now that you have the tools and you go ahead and you try it again, I'm here to tell you that it's going to be easier. Amen? One of the things that we talked about was that the mark of a follower of Christ is the love of Christ. We are not a religion that has, you know, a certain thing you have to put on your head or your forehead or some type of sign like that. No, the sign for us is literally love and the way that we interact with others. And so, Discipleship means leading by example, leading by example. We've all heard, don't do as, you know, do as I say, not as I do, right? But what we said is that ain't discipleship. When it comes to discipleship, it's do as I say and as I do, because I've got to show you, not just tell you, all right? So follow me as I follow Christ. People need a visual of what Christian living looks like and the disciples had Jesus but your crew has who has you yep yep the disciples had Jesus but your family has who has you yep yeah yeah the disciples had Jesus but your social media following has who amen and so first Corinthians is a scripture we should have 11 and 1 says imitate me just as I also imitate Christ we should have Galatians 2:20 which encourages us to deny ourselves, all right? And we should have Luke 9, uh, 23 through 27, which tells us to take up our 
cross. I actually want to look at that one. Luke 9.23, let's go there. And first, let's look at it in the New King James Version. That's Luke 9.23, and we'll go until 27 in the New King James Version. And it says this, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Take up his cross, how often? Daily and follow me. 24 says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Some versions say, and lose his soul. 26 says, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. I want to look at that in the Amplified and then we can move on. Luke 9, 23 in the Amplified. We're going to be blessed by some brackets here. It says, and he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to follow me, in the brackets, as my what? Disciple. Uh-huh. He must deny himself, set aside selfish interests. Okay? We kind of touched on that last week when we talked about uh, Keisha in class when we passed her the note. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If you don't know about that, watch her listen to last week. Amen. Keisha has a word for you. If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself. Set aside selfish interests. Some of us, I believe, that needs to be our prayer this week. God, show me my selfish interests. Because they will be a hindrance. It reads, and take up his cross daily. What does that mean? Expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come. Oh, Jesus. Ah, we don't like this. But this is good and it's necessary. So to take up your cross daily means expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come. So don't tell me about what you endured yesterday. That was yesterday. And it might be the same thing today, but it's a new day. And so new mercy came with it. Same grace to handle it before you still have it. You may be tired, but you're graced. And follow me, watch this, believing in me, conforming to whose example? To my example, in living and if need be. Because need be being. Huh? Do I have a witness? Y'all see what that next word is? Suffering. Has anybody experienced that need be being? And if need be, 
suffering or or perhaps dying because of faith in me. It's a martyr spirit. For God I live and for God I die. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world, it's talking, will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world, it's talking, for my sake, he is the one who will save it. Okay, what does that mean? From the consequences of sin and separation from God. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? What do you mean by gaining the world? Wealth, fame, success, all the stuff that sometimes we can trip out and desire and lust over. What profit a man if you get all that stuff and lose yourself and forfeit yourself that word forfeit that 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 means that there's some sort of war (laughs) there's some sort of struggle in play and so it means that if now my motive operandi is to acquire wealth or fame or success or these things that the world has to offer i'm not even fighting the devil no more i'm just letting them win I forfeit it. Yeah. Yeah, I I've I've I forfeited myself. <laughs> Not just because some of us think, you know, maybe I forfeited my, you know, maybe I for- no, 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 it's all or nothing. You can't forfeit parts of you to the enemy. Okay? So if you forfeit to the enemy, then that means he has all of you. Yeah? If you forfeit yourself to the enemy, he has all of you. He has your mind. Mm -hmm. He has your will, your emotions, your soul. You ever heard of selling your soul? So amazing how when we hear that term, sell your soul, it normally has to do with wealth and fame and success. 26 says, for whoever is ashamed here and now of me, And my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Heavenly Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truthfully, there are some among these standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. Listen, I do not want the Father to be ashamed of me. I do not want, I don't want Jesus, you know, I don't, I, I, no. And so, part two, y'all, part two, last week, the central theme was team. Y'all remember that? The central theme was team. And we said this, discipleship is a team sport. Yeah, it's a team sport. And and we looked at, uh, back in 2002, the psalmist and songwriter Bishop Hedges told us, I need you and you need me, right? Christian Counseling Curriculum puts it this way, people need people. And so to those who proclaim, I don't need nobody, we shut that down. Yes, you do. For those who proclaim, all I need is God, we say, yeah, but God has set it up for you to need people and community. 
Uh-huh. And so we said, listen, there's no dealing with God and getting around dealing with people. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, some of us enjoy peopling more than others, but peopling is important. <laughs> we took a look at all the ways, even throughout the day, that you need people. People will always need people. But we said where we differ is the degree of need. People need people for three things, I told you, and you, you should have wrote it down because it was, it was a free, huh? Inclusion, affection, and control, okay? And so we said, psychologically, there's no me without you. The psychological concept of me is void without you. I wouldn't need to identify me as me if there wasn't a you. Without you, there is no me. I just, what, am. Then we said, "Uh uh-oh, be careful now. Because the only one who's ever experienced that is God, who says, I am that I am. I just am. I am what I was before anything else ever was. I exist alone, and everything that exists exists as a result of my existence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. God is the only one who can say that, who can justly claim that I am alone, I am. And so this is what we said, and it was noteworthy. To claim a certain sense of awareness of self while denouncing its dependency on others is indeed a form of idolatry. All right? So be careful. Don't let your independence lead to your disobedience. That was posted yesterday. Knowledge of self or individual is based upon others. People need people in life. But people also need people in the kingdom. And then we went ahead and talked about the members of the ISA. Y'all know what the ISA is? The Independent Spirits Anonymous. Of which I may or may not be on the executive board. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that spirit, listen, you ain't missed nothing. I just just called it that this week. You're like, listen, that ain't nowhere in my notes. I would have remembered that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so some of us tend and even strongly prefer to do things alone and on our own. But, conjunction alert, kingdom is a group project. It's a group project. And discipleship is a what, y'all? A team sport. Okay? It ain't independent study. It's personal in part, but it's corporate in whole. And so we have to be careful with isolation. We expose that I believe in God, but I don't go to church is a faulty theology. And if you want more on that, watch last week. We talked about the importance of having the body together, the body of Christ. And then we dropped some scriptures, Matthew 5, 23 through 24. Matthew 22, 36, and 1 Samuel 15, 22, we saw the greatest command to love, and then we saw what it means to obey and how obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is to love, and so to love is better than sacrifice, and that's why God says, before you bring me a sacrifice, turn back around and love. Amen? We talked about that ought When it comes to communion, you should not partake with ought against your brother or sister. And we talked about how Jesus, I believe, is saying that you 
ought not to go through the motions of partaking of a body for which you do not remember outside of the activity of communion. And it's no need in remembering his physical body if you're dismembering his spiritual body. And then we ended talking about how discipleship is connected to an assignment. We're on assignment. Remember, we, we might be able to clock out of work, but we never clock out of kingdom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Say it with me. I never clock out of kingdom. Discipleship is a, is a form of work, y'all. And anytime you have work, you have a boss, and God is the boss. I'm not the boss. Please don't look at me as the boss. I'm a director, maybe. The leaders of this church, they're not the boss. Listen, the deacons, they're, they're not the boss. At best, they're project managers, but God is the boss. We take direction from him. Okay? I take direction from him. They take direction from me, but I'm just passing a note to Keisha. <laughs> Y'all got it? All right. If you say, yeah, you was with me last week. And so this is the last thing I said last week, which is going to introduce us into this new stuff here. I don't have the authority to create a discipleship model. Okay, I'm not the boss. I don't have the authority to create a discipleship model. The boss already gave us one. So today we're going to take a look at um, the discipleship model, or at least begin to. And so we're going to take a look at uh, what Dr. Luke has to say. Okay, Luke 5. I love, uh, I love reading from Luke and his perspective because he was actually a doctor um, in the biblical days. And so I love his, his perspective um, Luke 5. Now, this is interesting because Matthew 4, Matthew 4 is where I was going to go, but I want you to write that down, right, Matthew 4, because Matthew 4 is where you can see this transition that I'm going to talk about in the same place in the same chapter. And this is the transition. This, you all hear, Luke 5 and, and Matthew 4, this is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. At this point, he doesn't even have disciples yet, all right? He, he just started his Instagram, and he has zero followers, okay? And so this is Luke 5, and this is Matthew 4. He doesn't have followers yet, but what he does have is a purpose. <laughs> have you ever wondered how, you know, sometimes you can receive hate, and people can hate on you who got more than you? Yeah, that's because even though you don't have no followers, you got purpose. And they see the purpose, you know, and the purpose intimidates them. And the purpose scares them. And so the enemy was a hater. And so even though Jesus didn't have a lick of followers yet, the enemy already start hating on him because he knew what his purpose was. And so the enemy, listen, Jesus trying to get himself together, trying to fast for 40 days. And here come that old enemy trying to tempt him right as he was on the verge of beginning to walk in purpose. 
In the passage of Scripture that precedes this, we see the devil tempting Jesus in the garden after his 40-day fast, when he was on the verge of walking in purpose. This is for somebody today because I believe that some of us in this room and on the stream are on the verge of literally walking in our purpose like never before. And this is why the enemy is trying his best to distract us and to hinder us and cause us to get off course. Because as Marvin Sapp says, he's literally peeked into your future. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I was reminded of this, and so I'm going to share it because, again, this won't be for everybody, but this will be for somebody. And this will be for somebody else who needs to bookmark it and save it for later so that you know what's up when it's your time. But it gets toughest before the breakthrough. Oh, Jesus. It gets tightest before the overflow. And the enemy shoots his best shots right before God is getting ready to bestow you with his best blessings. And somebody, I believe with my whole heart, that somebody is at the point where they feel like they're about to break. Woo, Jesus. Somebody is literally at the precipice of a breaking point. You literally feel like you can't take it anymore. You are bodily tired you are emotionally exhausted i'm ministering to somebody today you are mentally frustrated and you feel that your capacity has been reached and at this point you feel like the devil is just bullying you that he's just punking you there are people all around you and you feel like there's a target on your back and there's a bullseye on your head and guess what there is because the enemy has some insight into your necks hallelujah he sees how close you are and is desperately attempting to do whatever it is in his power to get you to break so that you don't break through hallelujah but the devil is a liar he's trying to get you to fold so that you'll never see what you saw and won't be blessed by the fruit of what is to come that you didn't even see coming but i serve the enemy notice on today i remind him that he is a liar and his breath stinks he's a nappy-headed heat wave he's slow and he keeps trying the same tricks over and over again his tired games and his lame tactics you shall not succumb to the breaking point but you will experience that breakthrough that you're so close to you're gonna see the goodness of god in the land of the living you're gonna live to see it happen I need somebody to receive it. I need somebody. I know it's not everybody, but it's somebody. God snitched on you. He told me that it was somebody in this room who needed to hear that. It was somebody on the live stream who needed to hear that. Don't you bend. Don't you break. Stand up. Stay in place. Stay on your post. Because you're going to see what he said.
If the enemy, can you imagine if the enemy would have been successful in the garden with Jesus when he tempted? Could you imagine? Listen, Jesus was on the verge of walking in purpose that he was training for the reason he came here. It was about to kick off. It was, it was, it was about to kick off. You know, yeah, the, the miracle with the water and wine. He told his mom, it's not my time yet. Well, this, this, it was time. And so the enemy knew that it was time. And so he said, listen, I've got to, I, I, I got to shoot my best shot. You know, I, I, I got to pull out all the stuff. I, I, I got to do what I can because if he really holds on in this moment, it's over for me. And I believe the enemy is saying the same thing regarding some of you. They're tired, but if they don't give up this time, it's over for me. If they don't give, they don't know that this is the last time. They don't know that this is the one. If they don't give up this time, they don't know that they'll never see me rear my ugly head again in this way in their natural born lives. If they don't give up this time, let that thing touch your spirit. Let that thing resonate with you. If they don't give up this time, whoo, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm going to let it hit you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. If they don't give up this time, this is it. This, this is what they've been waiting for. This is what they've endured for. This is what they've trained for. I got to stop them because if they hold on this time, it's over for me. And I'm going to have to move on to somebody else. Somebody worship him. Somebody receive it. Even now, where you are, if that's you, come on, receive that thing. Yeah, yeah. Receive. Let that word resonate in your spirit. Pull on that word this week when the enemy tries to shoot his best shot. Pull on this word. Let this word ring in your ear. Let this word resonate in your soul. Hide this word in your heart. tired but I can't give up I'm frustrated as I don't know what but I can't put a period where God has put a comma Ah, I don't want to do this anymore but I can't forfeit my everything. Because if I forfeit this, I won't just be forfeiting this dream. If I forfeit this, I won't just be... I, listen, this is connected to everything. This is for all the marbles. 
I can't put this down and try to pick everything else up. If I forfeit this, I forfeited it all. Jesus. And so I've got to go ahead and I've got to not quit. I've got to make a decision. No matter how ready I am to throw in the towel, I've got to go past my feelings and tap into my faith. And my faith says, look back, shorty. You've come too far to quit. My faith says, all that, you just going to throw all that away. All that was for nothing, huh? My faith says, you've come farther than you have to go. You've come farther than you have to go. If you had even when you didn't think you had, if you had the spiritual stamina to make it from way back there, oh, you got what you need to make it to right around the corner. Come on, you can make it. You can make it. You can't give up. You can't give up. This is for all the marbles. Everything's depending on this. Other people are depending on this. Future generations are depending on this. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than how you feel. It's bigger than how tired of it you are. You can't give up. You've literally come too far. And you've come much further than you have to go. Receive it in the name of Jesus. this 
far. I don't believe he's brought me this far. I don't believe he's brought me this far to leave me. Healing is in the room. Can we give him praise for healing? Healing is in the room. I feel it. Healing is in the room. Somebody needed that. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God. This is why he's boss. Because this wasn't in my plan. But he's boss. I submit to his authority. Will not quench the spirit. He's boss. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Yeah. I'm alive. Yeah. Oh Lord Jesus. 
because there's more. Yeah. You're still here. There's so much more. Hallelujah. Oof. Anybody grateful for that reminder? Yeah. God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And so even before we get into um, the heart of the text, what's happening is, again, Jesus is on the verge of walking in his purpose, beginning his ministry, having legit followers and his first followers. And here the enemy has come to try to put a stop to it all. Jesus was fasting. The enemy knew he was hungry. And he tempted him uh, with food. And he tempted him in other ways, trying to sell him some stuff that he already owned. <laughs> and so you got to know what you have ownership of. And so uh, here we see after that, we are met uh, at Luke 5. And I want to take a look at it in the Amplified Version. I'm going to jump straight there for the sake of time. That's Luke 5 in the Amplified. And let's start at 1. If you see uh, there in the Amplified, it should say at the top, the first disciples. Okay. That's Luke 5 and 1 in the Amplified. And we're going to take a look at this. We're going to extract a few lessons. And then... We're going to close up and prepare our hearts for uh, part four. It reads this. Now it happened that while Jesus was standing by the lake of Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding all around him and listening to the word of God, that he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake, but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. Verse 3 says, He got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little distance from the shore. And he sat down and began teaching the crowds. Where from? From the boat. Okay? Now what I love here is that the first thing that struck me is Jesus is showing us how to meet people where they are, okay? 
Jesus is showing us how to meet people where they are. Notice, Jesus didn't wait until he was near the temple to testify. Huh? I've been doing some reading on, on Paul, and as an apostle, Paul didn't have to work. His needs would have been met by the people, but he chose to continue to work as a tent maker just to be able to be in the field and to interact more with the people because he knew that the fish are in the sea, not the temple. Okay? The fish are in the sea, not the temple. And he knew that the synagogue was just training on how to meet the sinner right where they are. Okay? This is good here. Don't miss it. And so we... Today, we are incomplete in our approach if we are involved in ministry only in the temple, but not in the tent. Only in the synagogue and not in the sea. Okay? Paul said that I might become all things to all men. Let me get my fishing rod if that's the means I need to go to to meet the people who need to meet Jesus. Okay? Hallelujah. Let's keep looking. He says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a catch of fish. Simon replied, Master, we worked hard all night to the point of exhaustion and caught nothing in our nets. But at your word, and that's the key right there, because before you were doing it, you, were, you weren't doing it at his word. Okay, there's, there, there's a new authority that you're going to be doing it with now. At your word, I will do as you say and lower the nets. What, y'all? Again. Do it again. Do it again. I'm, what, what if God tells you to do in this season something that you've done before and have not experienced success? He didn't ask you if you did it before. He didn't ask you how that went. He just told you to do it. And for some of us, that means to do it again. This time with his authority. Okay. When they had done this, they caught, what? A great number of fish. And their nets were at the point of breaking. All right. <laughs> Listen, we're about to go from being at our breaking point to our nets and our vats, you know, bursting open. Anybody receive that? It's a new breaking time. Enemy tried to break me. <laughs> but now my net is breaking from how successful I am at following the word of Jesus over my life. Yeah, just a word. This is their first instruction. Okay? And it says this. It says it was, it was at the point of breaking. So they signaled to their partners in other boats to come and help them. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's right. Team sport. The harv harvest is, you know, so plenteous and plentiful that you got to call on laborers. And they came and filled 
both of the boats with fish so that they began to sink. <laughs> but when Simon Peter saw this, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all his companions were completely astounded at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon Peter. Jesus said to Simon, have no fear. From now on, you will be catching men, or I will make you fishers of men. After they had brought their boats to land, they left how many things? Some of things. Almost everything except for their most prized things. They left everything <laughs> and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him, and following his example. Amen? I wanted to make sure I, I got that in because that's your homework. I want you to read through that scripture. Uh, Luke 5, 1 through 11. Then I want you to take a look at Matthew 4. And look at the beginning of Matthew 4, which talks about that transitionary period that I told you about where Jesus is about to start his ministry, but he's dealing with Satan trying to trip him up. And I want you to take a look at these things and see how they apply to your life. See how they apply to your walk. See what and who Jesus may be trying to get you to catch in this season. Okay? And so this will be a study for all of us this week. Please do it. Please, please do it. Study Luke 5, 1 through 11. You can do more if you'd like. And study Matthew 4. Okay? And so next week we'll start out touching some of these points, and then we'll get into part four of what God has for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, you did something on this morning that we were not expecting, but that we are oh so grateful for. Father, I knew that you were going to meet the needs of the people through this word, and I'm just so glad and honored to see it happen. I pray, Father, that the word that you released over the house for those who it applies to in this season and for those who it will apply to in future seasons, I thank you that we will hold on to that word. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that literally <laughs> we've come a mighty long way and we celebrate that, God, and we Thank you for that, and we are encouraged by that because we believe that how far we've come is not how far we have to go, that we're closer than we've ever been before. And so, God, we thank you, Lord, for the spiritual stamina to run this leg of our race. God, we thank you that you are sharpening us that you are preparing us, God, 
to catch people, but also to keep people. I thank you even now, Lord God, for the atmosphere being set for Wednesday's workshop. I thank you, God, for the way that you're tying in the workshops with the word. God, we're just honored that you would count it not robbery to come and to be with us and to speak to us and to speak to our hearts and to speak to our very souls in the way that you have. We submit to your authority always. And we thank you that we have been set apart to be involved in the duplication process. We love you, God. We honor you. And we thank you for being an amazing God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Give him praise. Give him praise right where you are. Give praise to our amazing God. Hallelujah. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. We ought to praise him like he's great. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Come on, come on. The Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. He's so amazing. So as we close out, we will never close out without offering you the opportunity to become a part of the family of God. He created you. Yes, you're a creation of his, but we invite you to become a child of his, meaning that you have accepted him as your father. And so if you're here now and you're saying, that's me, you can raise your hand. If you're on the live and you're saying, that's me, then we're going to pray a prayer. And at the conclusion of the prayer, if you do like the word says, and you confess with your mouth, but also believe in your heart that God raised his son Jesus from the dead, you are saved. Thank you, Jesus. And so let's pray this prayer. You can repeat after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner in need of your salvation. Come into my heart. Cleanse me. Transform me. Change my life. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you raised your son Jesus from the dead. I believe he rose on the third day with all power in his hands. I believe he's now seated at your right hand interceding for me. I am saved in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give it up for anybody who received salvation. If that's you in the room, wave your hand so we can celebrate you. If that's you online, type I am saved so that we can celebrate you and reach out to you. And so that's the catching.
but now on to the keeping. If you are in the room or watching and you want to become a part of this family of disciples, the Word of Prayer Cultural Center family, we invite you with open arms. God desires for you to have a church family. I know that he desires for you to have a pastor to speak into your life. And he loves community and he loves corporate worship so much so that that's all we're going to be doing when we leave here. And so if you're here today and that's you and you're saying, I want to join the Wapsie family, wave your hand. If you're on the live and that's you, type, I'm part of the family. And we're going to welcome you in as such. Amen. Clap it up in case that's anybody today on the live stream. Hallelujah. God is good. I don't know about you, but I still need a little time to digest what God has done this morning. Um, and so we're ending the live, but we can continue in worship. And uh, also we're excited because next week, Bishop is back in the house. Amen. He's back. He's ready. He's going to be sharing a little of his story and his testimony of what God has done and brought him through from April until now. My God, he doesn't look like what he's been through. Amen. So for those who will be in-house next week, we're, uh, the color scheme is gray and purple. We're celebrating. Yep, purple and gray. It's, you know, it's a celebration. We got some things up our sleeves. And so we're going to dress up. You know how Bishop does. He likes to dress up. So we're going to dress up in purple and gray. And we are going to come in here and celebrate and worship and have a mighty good time in the Lord. And it's Bishop and Dr. T's 35th wedding anniversary that day, September 26th. So we're going to celebrate that as well. So it's a celebration. Amen. Amen. Wednesday. Listen. Don't miss out. Be here if you can. And if not, join us on the live. God has something for us. Hallelujah. Amen. That's all we have. God bless you. Can we worship to something? I still feel like worshiping. Amen. Yes, Lord. God. 